Hi, my name is Pat Mullally of GolfGirls.com, and I'm here today with Sue Kaffenberg, a PGA, LPGA professional. Uh, she was named one of New England uh, Teacher of the Year in 2000 and one of the top 20 instructors in the country. And she's currently working at Bayberry Hills Golf Course on Cape Cod. Um, Sue, how you doing? Hi, good morning. How, well, um, I'm talking to you today uh, from golfgirls.com, and one of the things we focus on is new golfers or golfers looking to improve their game. And um, I know you've been an instructor uh, for how many years? Oh, I'd have to shoot you if I told you, but it's more than <laughs> It's more than what? More than 30. More than 30 years you've been working out there, working with all kinds of golfers, right? Yeah, in all sizes and shapes and ability. Yeah. Um, so, when someone is looking for a golf instructor, uh, what do you uh, think they're looking for? What can you bring to the table? Well, um, you know, this is such a big question for people, and and unfortunately, uh, I think people go and look for the cheapest way they can get into the game. Mm -hmm. It's a really bad way to go. Um, okay. This is a game of a lifetime, and from the very first time you put a club in your hands, you, you want truth, you want real information. So I see a lot of brand new golfers go to clinics that may have 20 and 30 people in it, as if they can get it. Mm -hmm. Golf can be hard and easy depending on how you start it, and uh, it's really important that you research where you're going to start your game. Um, just like you'd research if you had a medical problem. Mm -hmm. you'd, you'd look online, you'd ask your friends what doctors they go to. Um, you might even Google uh, different doctors' names. You don't just, you know, look in the yellow pages, pick a name and go. Right. Or do, you know, buyer beware. Uh-huh. Well, I know that from my experience, when um, I'm looking for a lesson or something, I often will turn to the people I'm playing with. It, you know, I've been playing for about eight years to say, you know, I'm, I'm really having trouble with this part of my game. What do you recommend or who do you go to or whatever? And people just share and care, you know, um, yeah, uh, word of mouth. It is, and Cape Cod is a very word of mouth kind of place. Uh -huh. so, so that works really well. Uh, but you also are entitled, um, you know, a lot of women don't realize the questions that they can ask. You know, you can interview a golf professional, and, and the ones that are really good will uh, enjoy that conversation. Um, for instance, uh, the kind of questions you might ask, how long have you been teaching, of course, and do you teach the same way you taught five years ago or ten years ago? Um, and if the answer is yes, you know, you might want to look around, because just like everything, golf instruction changes. And those of us, like myself, who are really dedicated to teaching and, you know, looking for the better mousetrap, I spend my off, off months looking for that better mousetrap, looking for a better way to communicate and even better information to communicate. Mm -hmm. So the beginning golfer can go and, and, you know, I have it often, especially as a woman instructor, a lot of guys will call and basically say, why should I come to you? Right. And what's your answer? Well, I, I basically tell them that what I teach is very different from what's out there mm -hmm. because clearly what's out there isn't working, you know. Um, and a lot of people come again from those large clinics when it's very generic 
and very um, myth-based, meaning, you know, head down, left arm straight, you know, very generic things that, are, that aren't cause and effect. If you have an instruction situation where somebody is asking you to memorize something just because, that's an issue. You know, the, the best way to learn, I mean, memorizing didn't work in, in school. Mm -hmm. work so, excuse me, instructor who gives you information based on something in your experience, then you can own that. And that's how you're going to get better. And that's how you're going to find people to play with and uh, enjoy this game. It is a game of life. Um, when you have someone come who may have been a golfer earlier or is just relearning or starting picking it up again, uh, do you treat them differently than you would a beginning golfer? Because uh, they, they have a lot of lessons they've learned over time that may need to be unlearned. Well, um, the way I approach that is I first have to ask you um, what it is you think you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I certainly have a little... Uh, package over here in my mind of where I need to take you to get better. Uh, so if there are things that you're doing that you believe or that you've been told you must do and that conflicts with what I'm going to ask you to do, we gotta, we got to spill our guts here and get it on the table. <laughs> so if it's a brand, brand, brand new um, golfer, they don't have any of that. Uh -huh. Even if it's a golfer who's been to the range with their significant other, um, there's a belief system. So, uh, yes, I, I always check the belief system of the person who's in front of me. It can be a 20-year a belief system, uh -huh. in, in which case we're going to have to go in there and just test each belief and see if it's true. Right. And if I can hit a shot doing the opposite of what they think they're supposed to do, they're very quick to, to abandon it and clean house. Right, because at the purpose and the, the whole issue around instruction is to learn how to play effectively, better, with greater success. I mean, and so whichever way gets you there, um, and consistently, that's the big issue for me is consistency. I can hit a ball once in a while exactly where I want it to go. To do it consistently, you really have to get those drills down and, and really work it. Well, and of course, that's the addiction of the game. <laughs> yeah, and it is addictive, isn't and, it? And and, you know, I always ask if you had, uh, you know, a magic genie lamp and you came to me, what would your wish be? Mm -hmm. Number one answer is consistency. Yeah. And you know what? You can't really have it. I mean, if you look on the tour and you see um, these, these amazing humans, boys and girls, mm -hmm. who can shoot 65 one day, uh, a few weeks ago, I can't remember his name, and then 82 the next day. Right. I mean, percentage-wise, that's the same kind of fluctuation, even more so, that I see, um, you know, in my students. Um, so, when when somebody says cons consistency, I really want to tell them that I tell you what, I can make your terrible shots and elevate them. I can make them better. Mm -hmm. uh, but that best shot that you hit yesterday, that was like perfect nirvana. Yes. Not that we're going to go make more of those. It's that we're going to take the ones that are in the toilet and make them better. Uh -huh. And that will lower your score. Right. Um, do you have any key practice drills that um, you share right off the bat with a, with a golfer, beginning or otherwise? Things that they should be doing 
all the time or how frequently they should be practicing if they're serious about improving? Well, um, you know, this is a game we play for relaxation and fun. Uh And uh, again, uh, just to touch on one point, most people, when they go for instruction, are taught what body parts to move. Mm -hmm. And they're never introduced to the instrument, the club, and specifically the club head. So I do a lot of drills that um, put them literally in touch through their hands with a club head because it's the club head that gives the ball information. So many people are being told to uh, turn their shoulders or put their shoulder under their chin or, you know, all these big muscle conversations and they have no intention or attention on the club head. So the drills, the drills that I do, a lot of them, um, uh, one of my favorites is feet together, ball on a little tiny tee, little eight iron, and just start allowing the club head, that means the end of the club, not the whole tool, but the end of the club to start moving. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they, they realize, of course, once we, we fix their grip so they can feel the club head, that, oh, there's something here on the end I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be in charge of. Uh, so I love that drill where they just there's no body from the from the uh, waist down. In other words, it's very quiet. Nothing's going on. It's just an introduction of the hands and the club head. That's number one. The the second one that I feel is so overlooked in instruction is people forget to um, have a relationship with the target. Now the ball is a target, but also obviously the flag or, or directionally where you're going as a target. Mm-hmm. And most people are not taught how to aim. Ah, that's my next clinic next week at Bayberry. <laughs> I'll be uh, there. <laughs> with, without that, you know, you're just in the middle of the universe making some huff and puff motions. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have time in your practice session where you put the ball on a little tee or, or just on some nice grass, step behind it and walk into it like you're playing golf. And just practice. Well, and, and practice getting the ball to the target. Mm-hmm. Most people, um, again, especially women, do not have that as an intention. Their intention is merely to, you know, whatever their swing thought is, make a good shoulder turn. Mm-hmm. Um, or, um, you know, and this is not one that I like, but a lot of women are told, okay, shift your weight and the ball will get in the way. Well, you know, that that's not this kind of game. I've got to make this ball go from point A to point B. And most people do not practice that. Okay. Um, when it comes to preparing for a round of golf, you know, you've done the work, you've been to the practice range, you've been to the green, you've gone to instruction, but now you're about to play. Um, any tips on what to do for those like the 15 minutes 20 minutes before you go out or do you even suggest people play uh, practice a little longer before going out well um, let's let's start before that you yeah. know go the night before uh, there's so much you can do right in your own little bedroom uh, stand in front of the mirror take a look at your golf swing take a look at what your you know we, we don't want a hundred thoughts in your brain to play uh, but maybe one thought for initiating your backswing and one thought for initiating your downswing. Um, 
you know, that might be a good thing. Can you give me an example, for example, to initiate your downswing or backswing? Well, um, I think everybody, regardless of philosophy, would agree that the golf swing, our purpose of a backswing is to bring rotation, because rotation is a good engine. Mm-hmm. It makes the ball go far. So we've got to make sure that there's rotation in the backswing. Okay. Sometimes, again, especially for women, if you just, if you uh, touch your, the, the sternum, that's that bone right kind of below your chin a little, Yeah. that's what has to get rotated. And if women just turn their shoulders, we're so flexible that sometimes that doesn't get done. So turning your shoulders does not guarantee that you will have a backswing that's accomplished its task, which mm-hmm. is have full rotation. Um, I like to have a sense of making sure the chest turns away. You know, obviously the female is a little different than the male in this, although I'll teach the man the same way, but that left left um, muscle, the bicep muscle there in your arm, that's mm-hmm. that upper muscle, if that pushes your chest away, your, your chest will get turned. So that's my personal uh, backswing for or uh, lately, anyway, mm-hmm. because it, it gets the job done without a lot of conversation. Right. It just actually helps rotate the whole body uh, well, the, away uh, from the target. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and if you were going to go out for a round of golf, and, you know, let's say you've got a 9 o'clock tea time, what would be your standard routine? Well, we, we have... Uh, intention and, and uh, reality here, you know, <laughs> life, life does get in the way of this. I'm, I'm as bad at this as anyone. I went to the Masters uh, back in April. I was amazed that those guys showed up two hours before their tea time, two hours. Uh-huh. Uh, and they went through just a regular practice session. I, I was stunned by that. It was not just hitting balls, but hitting uh, 45 minutes of putts. Uh-huh as if it were a drill, especially the, the uh, uh, people from Korea and, and some of the Asian people who just have such a work ethic. Right. Now, the reality in America, we're not so good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had a, a tournament recently where I did a lot of work, um, you know, a few days before, night before, I did a lot of work in front of my mirror just so, you know, I had a plan. You got to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the day of the, uh, and then the night before, I also putted for an hour, almost till dark, so that I just, uh, I'm quiet in my mind when I go to play golf. Most people, when they come to play golf, they're so, they, they have 800 thoughts in their brain and they can't play the game. They can play golf swing, but they can't play golf. Right. I mean, they're cluttered with life. Um, you get there 10 minutes beforehand because you got up late, you haven't had your breakfast, you're grabbing a cup of coffee, you get on the cart, and you go. And um, my experience is if I don't put in at least 15, 20 minutes of just swinging the golf club on the driving range, the first three or four holes are my practice. Yeah. You know, and then you've just put your whole court, you know, your um, the result of your game in the... Uh, so, so, yeah. so ideally, yeah, you know, uh, uh, an hour would be lovely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
the reality is most people, uh, it's not the majority that gets there half an hour, but mm -hmm. that would be nice. Yeah. You know, you don't have to hit every club in your bag. Figure out which hole you're starting at. Sometimes it's not the first hole, sometimes it's a part three. Mm -hmm. And hit that club and that, that first swing, and, and then go over to, you know, the little chipping pitching area of the real green now, you know, you know, around the clubhouse. Right. Pitch a few balls, or even toss with your hand if you don't have time. Toss the ball so you get a sense of the speed of that green that day. Yeah, because it changes all the time depending on whether it's moist or it the sun does. is out or whatever. Also, I, this happened to me yesterday. Um, you know, I, I did play well, but the practice green by the clubhouse they had just mowed, uh -huh. and it was quick. It was wonderful. When I get out on the first hole and the second hole, they hadn't mowed it yet. Uh, I, I didn't figure that out until about, you know. <laughs> I, under I understand. Oh. So you were just behind the lawnmower or something, you know. Right, right. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> if, and, and if you don't have time to go hit, I know I know you, you mentioned that that's something that you feel has to happen, but um, I would rather see somebody, if they only have 10 minutes, uh, do some chipping and putting. The range is usually farther away anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's downhill and who knows where, right? Uh, when you're playing golf, sometimes ment we talk, just talked about this in terms of preparation for a round, but um, mental thoughts, you know, things that go through your mind, what's happening tomorrow, what happened this morning, um, how do you control your thought pattern? Uh, do you have a practice that you um, engage in that helps you really focus on the game rather than all those you know, unconscious or conscious thoughts that just stream through? That's a great question. Uh, you know, the, a round of golf takes four four hours, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, let's say you shoot, uh, you know, just round numbers, 100. Um, I really need only about 20 seconds times 100. I need your attention for 20 seconds. And you can do cartwheels the rest of the time. Uh-huh. Uh, so that means this again is something that you have to practice. This is one of those practice drills where you set the ball ready to hit towards a target and you walk behind it and get yourself prepared. Kind of like if you were standing uh, in a diving convert, uh, a competition. Mm -hmm. you see those guys up on the board and they stand there for like 10 or 15 seconds. So they get a picture in their mind's eye of what they want to produce. Mm -hmm. Then they walk down the board. Well, it's the same thing in golf. There's kind of a line between you and the ball. Um, when you're on the back side of the ball, you can think your brain's out. But once you walk towards the ball to get on, let's say, the launching pad, mm -hmm. it's, it's all get your setup, get your grip, get a contact with the target, and fire it. So that walk from that line between the think box and the do, you know, that's about a 15, a 15 second time interval. Mm -hmm. if, he, if each person could give me that, you know, even if they miss hit the ball, they're going to find their ball traveling in the, in the direction they want so much more. More often anyway. More often. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and well, that also is the clinic this weekend. Oh, good. Mind, <laughs> mind control. <laughs> well, it's, it's, um, I guess you could say mind control. It's just the discipline of being present 
paying attention to what you want to happen in little 15, let's say 15 second intervals. Right. And in between, you can look at the beautiful sky and the flowers and breathe and all that. Talk to your friend. But once you're there, focus and then go. Yeah. Now, as you know, you know, I have a a young daughter, nine-year-old daughter, and boy, I got to be on my toes to to keep her, to teach her how to focus. Because, you know, when she was, I don't know, five or six and playing golf, and a, a, you know, a a jet plane flew over, she'd go, oh, mommy, look at the jet plane. Uh Um, So it's just kind of putting earmuffs on and blinders on, 15-second intervals on well, thank you, Sue, for um, a great interview. There's a lot more we can talk about. And maybe we'll have a chance in a, in a later interview. Um, is there any last-minute uh, advice you want to give? Well, you know, I, I just I see so much pain on the range. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that has to do with the high expectations of amateur golfers. Well, um, you know, it's kind of adult disease, you yeah. know. We just get in our way. When I see little kids practice and they miss, you see, I don't see that same pain. Yeah. So it's it's kind of not about expectation, but it's kind of about um, how you react to failure. Uh-huh. Well, you know, the little kid, if he misses the ball, says, okay, give me another one. Come on, I can show you. And yeah. the grown-up says, I am worthless. Yeah. I can't do this. This is too hard. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so there's a lot... <laughs> It's a real metaphor for life. <laughs> it, it is exactly that, yeah. which is why it's so important if, if they're, you know, a beginning golfer, you, you have a lot of people come to your site who are beginners and, and you know, put, put some financial investment in those first few months. Mm-hmm. So it'll have payoff in your life down the road. It's hard to see that, but the difference between a, you know, a $10 clinic for 40 people and uh, let's say a hundred dollar clinic for eight people. I mean, it's 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 different. Yeah. It's private lessons always the best. You know, addresses your own. Um, you know, everything that's personal to you. That's the best way. Or even, uh, frankly, for women, I think even better than that is to do it with a pal, uh, because then that sets up a a practice. Um, regiment where you and your friend can go and practice and then it becomes a social event which right. is what it's for and then they can observe and help you and because exactly. they heard the same instructions so exactly right. um, which is not the same as a, a significant other saying look i'm better than you so you do what i say right which can happen yeah. so hopefully you know your your people who check you out will come to bayberry and and uh live happily ever after in their golfing life. Excellent. Well, thank you, Sue, um, uh, for this uh, great interview. Um, Once again, it's Sue Kaffenberg. She's a PGA, LPGA professional at Bayberry Hills Golf Course, um, noted in Sports Illustrated as one of the top uh, teachers in the country. And um, this is Pat Mullally at uh, golfgirls.com, G-U-R-L-S.com. And uh, may every hole be a birdie. Thanks, Sue. You're welcome. Have a good time. Bye.